0: Welcome to the second season of Ooh, Sometimes. And now, here's the guy who just won't stop, and that's why he's been slapped with so many lawsuits. It's Paul Hughes.
1: Hi, campers. Yes, it's me. (coughs) And welcome to Season 2 of the You Sometimes podcast, a special place where, like gentlemen and women from the 19th century, we smoke our pipes and remark on issues of the day while our attractive daughters play on the piano for our amusement. Of course, it's Season 2 of the show, New Year and all that, and you can expect something to keep you entertained, or at the very least, keep you off the streets for a few minutes. And like other podcasts, we will be bringing items of interest that really affect people in the here and now. Indeed, the new series gives us a chance to throw out the old, ring in the new, love the wicked, defeat the dragon and win who wants to be a millionaire by coffin? Okay okay, so it will be more of the same as we started off towards the end of last season. Come on, real news stories that affect us all are best left to culturally talented people who go out once in a while and keep up with, oh I don't know, the news. So think of this place as entertainment only. But regretfully, it's not like the normal TV shows where you can expect a shiny new set, new cast with the old stars, and even more crazy happenings involving a special guest star each week that earns us an Emmy. And of course, we're not currently joined in with a writer's strike halting all the shows and films in America at present, which means while the rest fall, we shall prevail.
0: Shouldn't we, uh, have a special guest star in here?
1: Well, depending on how we feel, I suppose, well, yeah, let's try it. We'll have a special guest star on later in the show.
0: The Ooh Sometimes Podcast. Not filmed in front of a live studio audience for safety reasons.
1: But first, of course, if we haven't made it overly clear by now, it is 2008, and by the time you hear this, a few weeks of January will have passed, along with all the bizarre hysteria that came along with the start of the January sales here in Broken Britain. I say Broken Britain, it's possibly broke after all the impulse buying. Which means a new wave of stealing from people's homes and possibly whoring ourselves out to strangers on the street. Hmm, nice. Of course, a couple of weeks after the hype of the best sales that they've ever had since sliced bread was invented, we heard news that various stores such as Marks & Spencer, which is of course the trendiest store on the planet where all the Crips and Bloods hang out of course, they reported not doing as well as they thought they were, causing untold panic to only the analysts who watch such things and once again running around stating the economy is going in the toilet, we're all going to die, oh my god, blah blah blah. But that's not the only thing which the new year has brought. Along with hangovers the size of Everest, debt so large, not even ocean finance have a hope in hell or offering help, and the aftermath of the damage to the digestive system from too much turkey and slippers, the new year brings a glimmer of hope. Because it is the start of a new calendar year, people want a fresh start, new beginnings and a flimsy pretext to make all sorts of resolutions that they can break within 3 minutes of making them. It's something people are compelled to do. Why make up things to do that you have no intention of going through with? These days people want the quick fix scheme, something like what those adverts promise. We can give you cash in exchange for part or all of your soul or lose 182 stone in 6 seconds. And all that has translated over to the resolutions. A lot of the time, resolutions tend to be the same boring crap anyway. But fear not, gentle listeners. Even the Lord of Leisure has a number of resolutions, but all of them are quite achievable and far more realistic than the usual tripe of quit smoking, take up golf, or aim to get taken off the sex offenders register. But I don't want to introduce them in any old fashion. No, 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 no. New Year's resolutions are important and therefore require decorum, spunk, and... uh, Je ne sais quoi. So without any further ado, I'm going to introduce them like they did on Bullseye. In one. Live till the end of the year. That's always a good aim. I've done well with that so far in this life. Let's see how far I can get with that before the grim repairman comes to fix the fridge and the tally. Oh, and possibly claim my soul. In two. Get a new home. Now, this is an interesting one because it kind of goes hand in hand with getting more money for either extortion of public figures with badly photoshopped pictures, or a series of implausible yet life-affirming turn of events, finally afford a fully functional Beyblader, layer, complete with electricity and doors. All the mod cons. Maybe even get that deranged monkey pet with the rage virus that I've always wanted to. See the way the light shines on his blood-drenched teeth? Oh, cute. And three... Don't get fired, either from my job or out of a cannon. And four... Expand the radio horizons. Now, what direction I can actually take to achieve this goal is actually quite... Well, it's quite a bit of a struggle, considering that the industry's harder to get into than the Sandals Beach Resort if you're Graham Norton. In five... Aim to sleep slightly more when the degree's over. Always an award winner. And six... Continue making various sexual remarks to women with the slim chance that I'll be called a sexist pig at some point, and then I can scrub off number three on my list of things to be before I die. In seven, because I want to keep in touch with the man on the street, his name is Bob by the way, doing the keep fit slash eating something other than packs of lard thing to keep the tummy slightly in trim but keep the man boobs. I'm to keep the man boobs just in case I get lonely. And special prize! Eat cheesy snacks. No explanation is required, however, an information pack is available on request. All in all, a pretty comprehensive list of things to do for the year of 2008. And at the end of the year, providing I'm still alive, through sheer luck or a life support machine, we will look back on the list and see how well I did. Hey, maybe I'll get a prize!
0: Probably a speedboat. Hello, you've reached Mr. VoiceOver Man. I'm not here right now, so please leave a message after the beep.
1: Beep. Moving on, before the music starts, there are many things in store for this year in terms of happenings, not even including the aforementioned resolutions of truth. This year of course sees a wedding in Estonia in September, providing of course nothing happens like an asteroid hitting the earth or Al Gore producing another scare fest about the environment. There's been talk again by a few good people about another trip to Glastonbury to sample the delights and suffer by being swallowed by the mud and melted by the rain. But it's not a certainty as, frankly, money is a concern. Granted not as concerning as kidney failure, but concerning nonetheless. There is another trip to the cricket ground this year to see England belly bash their way to victory or rub their armpit of defeat against the opponents, whoever they are I forget. I think there's some kiwi fruit or something like that. But considering England's prowess in most competitions these days, I suggest using questionable amounts of alcohol and putting our pants over our heads to forget any woes that may occur. But remember kids, everyone who do sometimes are highly trained professional idiots and therefore can act in the classic British drunken manner violently yet safely. Please don't try this at home when your parents are there. That's quite enough waffle for now. So, without any further ado, for the first show, the new season, here's Dance Despite the Obvious by The Seldom Plan. Please pay attention. East Coast back row On Sunday night She is right beside you Saying dance despite Dance despite the obvious escaping. I'm sorry, that was just frankly excellent. Some brilliant music to kick off the second season of Ooh sometimes, episode one. That was danced despite the obvious by The Selden Plan, which can be downloaded from Magnatune.com, our good friends over there. And via the gift of bad script writing, I have some music news. Crashing Cairo have finished their first album and will be unleashing it on the Unsuspecting World sometime in February, I'm guessing. But first, they're having a CD release party at the Magic Bag Theatre in Ferndale, Michigan, on the 8th of February. So please check out the MySpace page, which is www.myspace.com slash Crashing Cairo, for more details on that. And that's the news. And now the weather. Sponsored by some company.
0: The Ooze Sometimes Podcast, a new season with new ideas. Thankfully, none of them involve explosives.
1: You're listening to Gamer's Corner on Ooze Sometimes.
0: Well that title still needs
1: a bit of work, but never mind, welcome to Gamer's Corner, part of the show where we pretend to be geeks in a vain effort to be down with the homies and various other people who rob pensioners by playing some games and hoping our verdicts don't make them so angry they come and show us what the inside of our bottoms look like. This month's review, Gears of War for the PC. Oh blimey governor, I've never seen so much gunfire. Oh sorry, I lost my leg, it's gone, we clean off. Go or son, we'll get you back to your family. Well, mind you, saying that you got a family means that you're probably dead anyway, but never mind. Hey, anyone got any Bayou songs? Oh, oh, never mind. So Gears of War, then. It's a game created by Epic for those big monsters of Microsoft for the Xbox 360 over a year ago. And when it arrived, it filled various people with so much joy they had to store it in their cheeks for the winter. And finally the PC version is here, with a few extras over the console version according to the nice shiny box, like extra game chapters. But the thing is, I haven't played the Xbox 360 version, so I have no idea what's been added. Oh, and it has a game editor and lots of downloadable things. So let's see what it's all about then. There is a point I want to raise here. It's over a year late now. Why wasn't it released at the same time as the Xbox 360? I mean what, do PC owners smell or something? What am I? uh, Oh wait, hang on. Oh, point taken. Yeah, fair enough. It appears that a group of naughty alien people have sent a planet to hell, and the game's actual plot begins 14 years after Emergence Day, whatever national holiday that is. Marcus Phoenix, a former soldier whose body is the size of Belgium, is reinstated into the military, which, luck would have it, is also consisting entirely of men the size of Belgium. His friend comes along, takes you to meet various people, and from then on in, you shoot at everything. Look, honey! The world's gone again! Let's have a picnic and watch! Seriously, how many more times in all these games is the world going to go down the toilet with humanity barely surviving, only to come out on top in the end? Oh, and remember kids, add the American flag waving in the background because it seems they're the only buggers ever to survive anything. And before anyone says, Paul, you fantastic god amongst men, yes, I'm aware of Hellgate London and the fact that it featured British people, but being perfectly honest, their accents made me cringe. I kept thinking of Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins whenever they spoke. Who's going to hell, Mary Poppins? Doesn't quite inspire people, does it? So as I was saying, unless you live in the US, I suggest now that you kill yourselves because when the next meteor, or germ warfare device, or nuclear explosion, or ex-girlfriend turning up pregnant happens, only in America will life go on. Okay so the game takes place on another planet, but come on, join the dots here! Gears of War is actually for once quite enjoyable, if indeed repetitive compared to other alien blowy up shenanigans, where you charge ever forward saying, DIE PLEASE, you're all being jolly rude for making people upset. At last, it's something ever so slightly different for the PC. I guess my surprise is only heightened because up until I started playing the game, I thought I'd be just entering yet another third-person shooter, killing everything and becoming God. Well that sort of happens, but there are extra bits as well. you got two main perspectives for shooting, first-person and third-person. First-person generally is when you're behind cover, shooting all the baddies behind the walls. And third person is generally when you're moving about, piaowing because you're basically getting overrun by lots of people going Wee! at you. But never fear, you are really on your own in this game thanks to your make-believe teammates. Though on occasion they do seem to want to go to the enemy and start reading them poetry. Otherwise, why would they charge forward, get killed, and then start shouting "I need major orthopedic surgery" to you? Oh, the reason for that is, is that you're the only one it seems who can help fallen comrades what were your gift for using Tesco value scalpels and x-ray machines. But hey, it doesn't happen all the time and they seem to be pretty much on the level throughout, so being perfectly honest, that's more of a niggle. The use of cover in this game forces a slower pace throughout. despite all the explosions and gunfire and things. You need to take your time using various amounts of cover for each set piece of death. If you're out in the open for more than five seconds you quickly become next week's bacon sandwich. And you can shoot blind too! No not like Stevie Wonder, you just shoot from behind cover roughly aiming at people while not exposing yourself. Actually that also sounds kind of wrong. And after all that, the pace of the game isn't slow enough to make you think time for the pub and maybe a cheese sandwich in between each section but not so fast you get overwhelmed by a thousand enemies before you even had a chance to pull your socks up. All in all, very good. The difficulty settings with shooting lots of alien people seem to be just right. As for the bad guys themselves in terms of looks, well they do fulfill all requirements for actually being Miss Universe. That is, if the requirements for being Miss Universe were to look like burnt crash test dummies. And as you would expect, the further in you go, the harder it is to take them down, save using that rather handy chainsaw thingy. The funniest people that charge at you haphazardly shooting off weapons in various directions so far have been the rocket launcher guys, who feel the need to say BOOM every two seconds before firing. They just need some love and a new hobby, so probably just give them a drum set each and then they would feel a lot better about themselves. The naughtiest so far have been the cunningly titled, because I don't know the real names of them, walking on ceiling then drop down on you guys. They're pretty nasty and heavy groups of them tend to be rather a bad thing when you're trying to progress. As per the console version there is no save system as such except for checkpoints. Ordinarily this would annoy but with the section short and intense you feel happy when the checkpoint flashes on the screen. But then that's just a purely coincidental cue for more bad guys to come at you. Marcus Phoenix has a manly yet comical voice. When I first heard the big man speak, I instantly wondered if Bender from Futurama was going to pop around the corner laughing and saying how great he is. Never mind. The music and other voices are perfectly fine. The graphics are mighty fine, boyo. But once again, be prepared to take a trip to Juddertown if you don't have a high-end PC yes it is another game where the best results can only be achieved with uber expensive equipment but it seems to be on par the course these days unless you like crisis where no one at the moment has a true chance of running the thing with full everything not even selling your loved ones organs for money will help with that but even turning down the options the graphics are vastly detailed as you would expect with a variety of brown and grey Hmm. It is very dark throughout though which means that you may want to turn the brightness up on your lovely shiny monitors. But for the record the best part of the graphics are the landscapes you see outside while fighting. It is a sight indeed and adds to the huge gravity of the warlike situation type doohickey. This game offers you the option to play online co-op with some other unknown entity via Microsoft's online Xbox thingy. The game crashed several times when signing my life away, and once I was there I found I couldn't do an awful lot until I started paying Microsoft lots of money every month for a gold membership. This frankly reeks like my underpants up to three weeks of continuous use. As far as I know it's only Microsoft that uses live on the PC. Sorry, we're not that stupid to pay for something that we get free elsewhere. There is a month gold subscription in the game, but I went for the stuff you only get after that runs out. So that basically means you can only join games as opposed to host them, and other exciting bits. So for the features I was able to play around with, I played co-op with a guy through several rooms of a house, escaping to an ice car before a big scary thing comes and does naughty. We both died several times, but I tell you what, it was a big scoop of ice fun. Playing with others through the single player content brought a lot more to the gameplay. Other gameplay types involve running around after other people and gunning them down silly and maybe getting some marriage for your team sometimes. Either way, from my experiences so far with the online playing, it won't last long. Team Fortress 2 is more ingenious and comical, and of course I have a nasty feeling that people will drop this, given some time in favour of some more established PC titles. So to sum up an already far too long review, another holocaust of aliens. It looks pretty, but it requires powerful PC to see. There's lots of shooting to do, your computer teammates in single player are actually good most of the time, there are lots of bad guys in different varieties, use of cover is good, the save system doesn't actually annoy for a change and serves to stop people from saving every 10 seconds. Windows Live is b****. Please give us normal multiplayer modes that are accessible without the need for additional payment. Multiplayer's best asset is co-op. The rest, just leave alone. Questionable lasting appeal, and the final comment, Gears of War for PC, it's an old title, it's been on Xbox 360 over a year now, come on, why so late? So of course, using the outstandingly amazing 1-10 system, where 1 is complete nuts while 10 is the dog's nuts, with 12 being given for nuts of unquestioning perfection, I hereby award Gears of War on PC, 7. It is not a bad game by any stretch of the imagination, in fact I applaud Epic for bringing it to PC, albeit a bit late. I love the battle, I love the co-op section in multiplayer, absolutely fantastic. And the fact that you have to use cover, you can't just charge in going Unfortunately because you have to use Windows Live and the fact that in order to have some of the multiplayer features you have to pay extra for a gold membership, that unfortunately loses it a point you need an uber pc to play it coupled with the questionable longevity of the game you have to be a wee bit harsh and there we have it this month's edition of gamer's corner
0: it's the Ooh sometimes podcast for some reason it never goes on about panties
1: Jekyll once said on that lovely little tally show Fantastich That was "Brenner You by Frank Royster, which you can download from Podsafeaudio.com. Please do, it's rather good.
0: The Ooh Sometimes Podcast. Uh I, I I can't think of a snappy line here. You know it's it's harder than it looks to come up with award winning material. Ah the hell with it. You guys just make something up. I'm going to have a cup of coffee. Of course, Christmas was last year. You may have noticed that. But
1: also, it was different. If you read the digital workings, you will have seen some of the notes on the trip to Prague. That was taken to escape coldets with those nasty nuts. I mean, broken Britain with all its lovely rain. Of course, reading about Prague is one thing, listening to two people prattling on about it is quite another. So, for the first and probably last time, I am joined by a special guest star, Miss Natalie Vodka. Woo! Yay! Yes, Vodka. Now some people may know her as the lady friend, but others know her by the sight of her sniper rifle. True or false? Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. You'll neither mm. confirm or deny this now.
2: You know what I'm to, killer.
1: Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> I feel dead inside every day.
2: And I have my, you know, weird rabbit, killer rabbit slippers. So I am very dangerous.
1: Oh, excellent work. So
2: anyway, move
1: what? on. Yeah. Oh, oh thank you. Yes, I'm the host here, your special guest star. I am allowed to dictate here. This is not a democracy. Dear me. The reason why you're here, my dear, other than to fill me with sexual desire, is to talk to the dear <laughs> listeners out there about Prague. What you liked, what you didn't like, because admittedly I waffled on about it on the old blog, and we could have a bit of discussion. What do you think? Are you game for that?
2: I think it's... Uh, I have a few thoughts about Prague, and the best thing what I have to say is that it's Russian vodka. vodka in Ukrainian gallery. So uh, oh. that was really surprised. And free and free free absolutely free if you want some more vodka just please come to the zuzuk gallery and you will have some really warm company of you know hot ukrainians and
1: uh, yes hot
2: <laughs> so,
1: I, I should put in some so board that's music is,
2: you know strange thing you know about prague to find ukrainian gallery in the middle of old town if but there was
1: anyone who was going to find an art gallery, though, it would be you.
2: <laughs> it's big, <laughs> me. What Prague is cheap place to go? It's expensive. Don't believe people what what they would say that it's cheap.
1: Yeah, but wasn't that just like maybe the center town? We didn't really have the time to wander around, did we?
2: Just I guess what every city has the center prices. And if you would stay, you would sit, you know, in the wonderful square, you would pay extra for a nice view. Aye. And extra heating to being outside in wintertime.
1: Oh, was it cold? Oh. I have no idea.
2: <laughs> it was cold. Please, please, if you... My advice, if you are going in wintertime, please take some extra warm pullover's... Socks, anything, you know. Hot water bottle. It's.
1: Radiator. It would be
2: really handy sometimes. One disappointment actually broke people quite tired from all tourists.
1: Or possibly just us.
2: No, <laughs> I think that are probably from all <laughs> spending money, and you know that's the thing when you are when you exchange your money for uh, Czech money. You get such big package of paper. What do you think What you're a millionaire?
1: It'd be nice. Regretfully, it's only worth about £3.50. But
2: actually, when you're a millionaire, just spending all your money on the first day on tickets for classic musical uh, That's concert. No, hang on, that was you. It was, <laughs> it was your fault. Yes, yes, I was desperate to get to, you know, classic musical m- music concert. Why? Uh, because it's Christmas for me, just it's... Um, traditionally to go somewhere to listen to some nice music a nice place. Well, that's alright then. So, uh, people it's traditional don't for us
1: <laughs> to watch Doctor Who.
2: I demand Doctor Who! <laughs> don't buy first <laughs> tickets in the street. Just walk around. Might be you'll find the next street not less excited but less uh, pricey. Could that piece of advice actually be
1: transplanted to Amsterdam when you're looking around the red light district?
2: Possibly. I don't know. have never been there. Really? You know, I think I you thought you ask... killed the Prime Minister, there. No, I haven't.
1: Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Oh, it yes. it was not
2: me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course. Uh, what was... The... What... Did you like the concert, though? Was it
2: worth it? The uh, concert was... How do you say? It was a wonderful fall. It was worth it to spend uh, time, hour, just hour.
1: Yes, just you know, one, one, hour one hour for one the... One thousand
2: for Czech money.
1: What did that was about twenty-seven pound fifty, actually. Yeah,
2: it's not so bad, really. I think it's uh, actually. I think everyone who goes abroad on Christmas has some problem at home, <laughs> some trouble at home. So, <laughs> so.
1: What are you suggesting? I have no idea what you are referring to. Uh, <coughs> Mom and
2: dad. <laughs> <laughs> what else I have to say, really? If you could really. Uh, order in pubs, only one portion for free. It would be, you know, enough for free.
1: Oh, the food's huge.
2: Uh, huge. I don't know really for whom we are, really, you know, you have to be enormous. You have to have enormous stomach to actually to digest and eat all, all this food But people offering you in bars.
1: But what for bars. portly gentlemen like myself?
2: Actually, you you didn't manage (laughs) any half of your portion.
1: Are you slandering me? Are you saying I can't eat everything?
2: Yeah, unfortunately you can, but you couldn't (laughs) this time.
1: (laughs) But the cabbage was actually very, very good.
2: Cabbage was the best, really. And sausages.
1: Sausages.
2: Sausages.
1: The thing is, though, if you're vegetarian, you can't walk around, can you, with all those little deli-type places with it just hanging off. The ceiling.
2: Oh, I think I think well, you, you know, really a can.
1: bit of meat hanging around think, like that is not the best thing I in the world. I
2: think all vegetarians actually were ready to pay this uh, huge price, you know.
1: What will turn them to meat eating again? No.
2: Even the coffee had
1: meat in it. No, darling. <laughs> okay, so ultimately, we've gone through quite a quite a substantial lot what was good mainly about Prague for you
2: I can't actually say anything about art because you know it was Christmas and all museums were shut. ah uh, so, what a shame
1: you know, that's a shame
2: I, really. my
1: heart bled
2: it's wonderful stunning architecture and nice view if you like to walk there's plenty you know things and bad? I was expected, you know, it's National Museum. I expected nice collection of art. And we found a bizarre really, exhibition, absolutely bizarre. You know, we were laughing.
1: Well, I was laughing mainly at you. Gotta got
2: admit. <laughs> That's <outrageous>. how <laughs> i I couldn't believe it my eye.
1: I know, it was like basically getting a speedboat off Bullseye. It was not a good thing. They did have a big foot, though. Yeah, they did. It was a very nice foot. Yeah. And lots of medals that they stole from other places, I seemed.
2: I think it's a new comp- conception of art. I just not always agree with that.
1: But they had, like, you know, a boat thing and... It
2: was really rocks. I think Oh, don't just, forget the rocks. I think it's for American uh, pupils, you know, exhibition, to uh, we learn a little bit of everything. I, what I remember about uh, this exhibition, nice shoes. Oh, shoes, yes.
1: Shoes. Yes. But what else was I, remember?
2: I remember?
1: Those are important, the shoes, aren't um, they?
2: Some hooks, some, some sharks. Seriously, Jack, that thing not to go
1: there. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Don't go there, uh-huh. Uh-huh.
2: uh-huh. No,
1: so, basically, National Museum, not the best. Cold may not be entirely fantastic.
2: You know, at least you have to uh, get with you some spirit in...
1: Oh, yes. Alcohol. Drink lots while you're in Prague. As if anyone else needed to be told that.
2: I think, you know, it's, it's a good point, you know, to get warm. And excited yeah, about everything. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No comments. I'm sorry. I'm only thinking of bad things. Oh, bad Paul. But also, uh, one thing I was disappointed about, there were lots of uh, dance clubs where women dance for money. And I didn't see any of that. Uh, did you I find any? I mean, I actually,
2: no, I, I think we saw one, and it didn't look really particularly nice. It wouldn't really go. Oh,
1: okay, what would be your ideal uh, nightclub in terms of ladies dancing around poles, that sort of thing? I think
2: I, I'm usually not interested in in, in, in naked Yes, but well, I thought
1: that you were interested in women as a, as an art form, and it certainly is art. And yes, like it's art, it's very expensive.
2: I'm not so such much keen on this kind of art. Um, If you are just interesting in such kind of art, you should really go somewhere in Amsterdam.
1: So you have been to Amsterdam? Never been. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> I almost said you caught up. <laughs> I, on France,
2: in France, and Paris, for example, yeah, I think there's a proper place to go and look on strip girl Really? And, uh, think, and you can... know,
1: when we finish up here, could you, like, show me where it is on internet, So I can just avoid that place and never think of going there.
2: Are Ever. You. Are you? No. Are you?
1: No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would never dream of such a thing. I'm a wholesome boy.
2: Ah, oh, awesome boy.
1: Would you go again? That's I'm... the thing. Would you go again to Prague?
2: I don't really... I'm not sure. If not I would sure. go, I would go only in springtime or in summertime when it's warm. Everyone told it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's just worth it to go there. And... Uh, it's
1: you feel like you've been robbed.
2: It, it, it is quite strange feeling when you spend all your money on first day and uh, on the last day you're scratching. Whose your, was
1: that though? Hang on. Are
2: you scratching all your pockets in house?
1: Who wanted to go to a certain?
2: And ready to sell your uh, watch? <laughs> yes, my watch. <laughs>
1: your watch. <laughs> that's good to know <laughs> well thank you very very much for actually doing all this naughtiness mm-hmm. on this old doobie firkin
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: would you like to be on this in future or, or do you, or is your schedule good. busy you know, I, I, with certain you know, mercy killings that sort of thing I'm
2: very busy I'm just killing to after hour. does it pay you well? yes it pay you well
1: <laughs> I need the vodka now <laughs> where
2: is it? there's some Baileys left oh <laughs> Baileys
1: we'll have that Oh, nasty. That's the problem with temple disruption. When things really start getting interesting, time's up. Do our dungeoneers face certain doom, or will they find the shield of truth? Till we meet again, listeners, wait until time begins again, and perhaps the answers you seek. You will find... You've just listened to the You Sometimes podcast starring Paul Hughes and S.L. Slaughter as Mr. VoiceOver Man with special guest star Miss Natalie Lukowska. It was written and arranged and produced by Paul Hughes with background music by Kevin McLeod, and the title music was by Seismic Anomaly. For terms and conditions of the You Sometimes podcast, go to
2: www.oohsometimes.com
0: Bang!